Let's look at uh, Romans chapter 1 here. Read a few verses of Scripture. And I want to take my message out of what the Bible says here in Romans chapter 1, starting at verse number 13. The Bible says, Now I would not have you ignorant, brethren, that oftentimes I purposed to come unto you, but was let hitherto, that I might have some fruit among you also, even as among other Gentiles. I am debtor, both to the Greeks and to the barbarians, both to the wise and to the unwise. So as much as in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. Verse 16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. Here the Apostle Paul is writing uh, to the Christians that were at Rome. We find that out because in verse number 13, he calls them brethren. He's talking about brothers and sisters in Christ. And so he writes to them this, uh, this message, this book of Romans. And so as he begins to write, I, I stopped and I thought, if Paul is writing to the Christians there, I started to think about how were there Christians in Rome at that time? Well, if you study the Scripture, you know about the Scripture that, of course, Jerusalem was a, was a main place of religious worship in that day. And uh, many of the Jews were scattered around the area in that time, but at, at the time of uh, the uh, Passover, they would come back to Jerusalem, many of them. Many other cultures sent people there. It was a place of religious worship. And I think probably... In my estimation, my opinion, that probably some of those were there uh, when, when uh, Peter and John and Peter got up and spoke at Pentecost. There were 3,000 saved, and the Bible talks about that they were from all kind of nations and all places. And maybe there were some of those that were there from Rome at that time. And they went back home, and they're, they're back home, and they, they had heard the message and received the gospel. And now they go back to Rome, and, and so Paul is concerned about them. And so he's writing to them. And as he writes to them, we have to remember this, that as the Word of God is being broadcast and going forth, that we look in the Word of God, that the Word of God is not only for those Christians in Rome, it's for us today. The Bible is for us today. And it's for us to read and to study and to listen to. And so he begins to write. Now, Paul wrote quite a few books of the Bible. But I believe that Romans was, was really the greatest of all of his Pauline epistles. I mean, it's really, the book of Romans is an amazing book. I mean, if, if you, and I know that you probably have been involved in this, a lot of churches are in John and Romans. And maybe passing out around here or helping other churches get John and Romans. Well, you know, one of the reasons we put the John and the Romans together and distribute that is because the book of John and the book of Romans are both books of the Bible that are really easy to understand. I remember as a young Christian, as a boy uh, growing up and, and reading the Bible, I remember just as a child, uh, I, I love the book of John. I memorized uh, uh, verses out of the book of John. And then I remember the book of Romans. Easy to understand. You have verses like, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I mean, it's very simple. 
And the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Great verses. I mean, we use those so much, but it's, it's an easy book to understand. But I found out this years later, when I was in Bible college, I took a course called Romans and Corinthians. And we studied through the book of Romans in First and Second Corinthians. But I, I thought in that class it was too much to try to cram into one class. And, and you probably took that same class. <laughs> George Godfrey. Okay. And, uh, okay. <laughs> and, uh, took that class and it was like trying to cram too much in. And then later on, I, I actually transferred to another Bible college and I took Romans again. Now it was just the book of Romans. And so we got a little bit deeper into it. And I started to look and I, I found out as I began to study that the book of Romans is, yes, one of the most simple books to understand, but yet it's one of the most deep books of the Bible. You could study the book of Romans and study it and study it and study it and never really scratch the surface hardly of what's here in this book. It really is an amazing book of the Bible. And he writes here in verse number 13, he says, I would not have you ignorant brethren. I'm glad of that. I'm glad the Apostle Paul says, I don't want you to be ignorant of things. I want you to understand it. I want you to know. You know, our, our belief system and our, our Baptist heritage and what we believe has always been an open book. Amen. Has always been, we, listen, we don't have anything to hide. We've got the Bible, the Word of God. This is our only rule of faith and practice, the Word of God. And we, we distribute it to people. Here, read it. Take it and read it. We don't have some book hidden away that we go by that we're not going to, we're not going to share with everybody because we might be a little ashamed of it. Let me tell you something. There are other religions that have that. But we don't. We have the Bible and we just read it. We, we, uh, pastor our churches. When I pastored for more than 20 years, I pastored by this book. This book was my guide. I went by the Bible, the Word of God. He said, I want you to understand this. I don't want you to be ignorant about it. He said, I, I wanted to come to you, but I was let hitherto, in verse 13, I was hindered from coming. In other words, it wasn't God's will for him to go yet. And Paul understood that. He knew that. And we see there, he says, I, I wanted to come that I might have some fruit among you, also in verse 13, even as among other Gentiles. He was, Paul was not seeking fame or popularity. He was seeking for souls. He wanted fruit that would abound to their account. And as I look at this and I read this, I can see in these verses the, the compassion of the Apostle Paul. He wanted to go there and preach. He wanted to see people saved. And he had a heart for people. He had a compassion for people. I find that one of the problems in our churches today is we've lost a lot of compassion. Where is our compassion for the lost? Where is the tear in the eye for those that don't know Jesus Christ as their Savior? We need to, we need to have more compassion and more passion for the lost. To reach out to them and say, God loves you and, and Jesus died to save you. I think we can see that here as we read what the Apostle Paul is saying. But then he comes to verse number 14 and he says this, I am debtor. That's the, I took my title of my sermon from that. Where Paul says, I am debtor. 
He says both to the Greeks and to the barbarians, both to the wise and to the unwise. Paul was saying, I owe something. I am in debt to them. What was he saying when he said both to the Greeks and to the barbarians? Well, in that day, the Greeks were known as the most cultured people of their day. I mean, they were, they were known as very intelligent and, and uh, you know, that, that was like top class people. And then there's the barbarians. I don't know, maybe some of you parents have used this term in talking to your kids when they need to clean their room. You look like a barbarian. <laughs> clean your room. What, what are we talking? They were the most uncultured people of their day. You know what Paul was saying? I'm in debt to the most cultured and the most uncultured. Here's what he's saying. I am in debt to everyone. I'm in debt to them. He says both to the wise and to the unwise. Those that are educated, those that are not educated. I am in debt to them. What was he saying? I'm in debt to give them the gospel of Jesus Christ. I want us to think about that this morning for a few minutes. About the debt that we have. Paul said that and I agree with that. I am debtor. First of all, I'm in debtor when I think about the past of my life. I am in debt to those that have given something for me to be here. First of all, I mean, if it wasn't for God, I wouldn't be here. We wouldn't be here. I am in debt to God. I'll come back to that a little bit later in the message and talk about that a little bit more. But God is the one who made us and put us here. And has us here for a reason. God doesn't make mistakes. I am in debt to God. I am in debt when I think about the history that we have that brought us to this place. I think, and I've read books of through, uh, through the span of time of the Christians that have stood and proclaimed Jesus Christ and told the gospel. And some of them were persecuted and some of them were burned to death and beaten to death because they stood for the word of God and the gospel of Jesus Christ. I am in debt to those that stood in their own blood so that I could have the gospel today. I'm in debt to them. I'm in debt to my forefathers in this country. I'm so thankful that I was born an American. I'm glad of that. I've been, I've been able to, to be in 25 other countries. I've lived in a couple of other countries. And you know, I, I've, never, I've never shied away from the fact that I'm an American. I'm not, I'm not ashamed of that. I'm glad of that. I'm thankful for my forefathers. You know, I, I started studying... Um, a uh, couple years ago, and I kind of get into history, and I kind of get into background and all of those things, and so I started going into studying our background, and I found out this, that on my mother's side, my mother's maiden name is Doty, D-O-T-Y, Doty, and I started going back, and I went back, and my mom's, I think it was 10 times great-grandfather, was Edward Doty. Doesn't that impress you? Do you know that he came over on the Mayflower and signed the Mayflower Compact? Now you're impressed. Amen. I was. I thought, wow, that is awesome. And then I started looking on the Clayton side. There were too many aliases and problems and criminals and things inside. I just went, okay, let me pass my that. Okay. But I went on, on my dad's grandmother. My dad's grandmother was a full-blooded Cherokee Indian. And I started, I started to look back, and it's just Cherokee Indian, Cherokee Indian. 
I thought, good night, I am American from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. I mean, no wonder I love Thanksgiving so much. You know, I eat a plateful to commemorate my pilgrim relatives and a plateful to commemorate my Indian relatives. Amen, I love Thanksgiving. Amen. And I started looking back at that and started thinking about those and what they had to stand for so that we could have the freedoms we have today that are slowly getting chipped away from us and taken away from us. But there were those that stood. I think of Patrick Henry that said, Give me liberty or give me death. That's what this country was founded on. It was founded on Christian principles and the Word of God and how far we've gone away from that. That's a whole nother sermon. But let me say this. I'm in debt to them because of what they did for me. I'm, I'm in debt to Christian parents and, and a Christian uh, heritage that I have in my life. I'm so thankful. Uh, you know, when I would go to other countries, I would think many times I would look around, especially in third world countries. And uh, we, we've been to Haiti four times. I've been to Haiti four times and seen the, the, the poor people and, and tried to help there. And I'd look around and I would think, thank God for the parents that God gave me. I didn't deserve that. But God gave me Christian parents that brought me up with the Word of God and the preaching and teaching of the Bible that was common in my home. I mean, that wasn't unusual. And I thank God, and I'm in debt to my Christian parents. I, I just, I mean, I'm going to go back and see them this afternoon, be with them this evening. I'm so thankful for them and for the stand. I'm so thankful that my dad... It is still preaching the same thing, still taking the same stand. Society has changed, but Dad hasn't changed his preaching. I'm glad of that. Praise God for that. I am in debt to them. The love they showed me, the home they gave me. I'm in debt to the past. But let me tell you something. I'm also in debt to the present. Right here, right now. The present. I have a lot of Christian friends. Here I am, full-time church planting. I have churches that support me so that I can go into areas and help with church plants and get a church started and going and, and, and get a, a place to meet and a group of people together and, and, and just get those things going. And so I'm in debt to those that support me not only with finances but also in prayer and the Christian friends that I have. I consider your pastor a friend of mine. And I'm in debt to him because of the stand that he takes. And I know some of the background he has. Amen. <laughs> I praise God for good Christian friends. I think a lot of times, I have a, I have a, a guy that I've known for a long time. He's a preacher. And uh, we've talked on the phone, you know, a lot back and forth. And, and uh, he said to me, he said, let me tell you something right now. He said, uh, uh, you know, we were in college together and, and through the years and together a lot. He said, if I ever start to compromise, you come over and you tear me up. He said, don't let me do that. Don't let me change what I'm doing. And, and he said, and I'll do the same for you. Amen. Amen. I thank God for Christian friends like that. Help me to stay right. You know, let me tell you something. Good peer pressure is good. <laughs> Amen. To keep you right, keep you straight. And keep you going the right direction. I'm in debt to them. I'm in debt when I think about my pastor. My pastor's already 
dead and gone to heaven now. But I, I thank God for the years that he stood in the pulpit of the Cleveland Baptist Church when I was growing up in that church and declaring the Word of God and preaching the Word of God to me. I'm thankful that he followed God's call upon his life and he did what God said and he was such an influence on me. I'm in debt to him. Let me tell you something. You have a pastor here that's followed the call of God on his life. You know, you ought to be thankful for that. There's not every church that has that. I mean, I traveled around last year. I was in over 75 churches. Boy, I tell you folks, that some, some are in bad shape. Some churches that I've been in are begging for a, a pastor, a preacher that would love them and help them. They're just looking and they don't have any. That's why I ended my video with more labors in his harvest. That's what we need. That's what we need. I'm in debt to them. I'm in debt, as the Bible says here, as Paul brings out, I'm in debt to all men everywhere. I owe the gospel to those who are lost. I am a Christian that is supposed to fulfill the Great Commission and preach the gospel to every creature. I'm in debt. I'm in debt to the future. Future generations to come. Isn't it great seeing these young people up here in the front? Amen. That's a great thing to see. You know what? We're in debt to them. What are we going to leave them? Well, let me tell you this. America today is not the same country that I grew up in. A lot has changed. What are we going to leave to these young people? Are we going to leave behind a church that still stands for the Word of God and preaches the Word of God? I know, you know, we have problems in our country and and I know sometimes I feel like what's going to happen and I get worried. But let me tell you something. Paul the Apostle preached in those countries and those nations and the political situation was not very good back then either. Amen? So what do we do? We just stand for the truth and we keep preaching the Word of God and we don't stop no matter what they say. We don't change. We just keep on. Future generations to come. Hey, listen, there are those that follow you. There are those that you influence and they look to you. And so you owe it to them to stand for right and, and be, a, be a good testimony. Don't offend one of these little ones. That's what the Bible says. Be an encouragement. Be a blessing to them. Be someone that they can look to and say, you know, I'm going to grow up and be like them. You know that I can go back today to my home, the church I grew up in, Cleveland Baptist Church. Do you know that there are still some of my Sunday school teachers there in that church serving the Lord faithfully? When I was a little boy, they were my Sunday school teachers. And they're still there. I just got news of one just recently. His wife, I remember his wife, she had just passed away just recently. And I heard about, you know, him still faithful to church, still going there. I mean, he's an old man now, but he's still faithful to God. Some of these young people need to grow up in this church and come back someday and say, there's those people that are still there, uh, hearing the Word of God, standing for truth. Listen, that's what we need today. We need some faithfulness, future generations to come. But more than anything else, like I said before, I've come back to it. I am in debt to God. God sending His Son to be my Savior. Boy, my friend, I didn't deserve that. 
I don't deserve the gospel of Jesus Christ. But I'm so thankful that God loved me and you so much that He would send His only begotten Son to come to this earth and to die upon a cross and shed His blood that we might have eternal life. I'm so thankful to God for that. I didn't deserve it, but he He wanted to do that for me. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. I'm in debt to God for what He has done. Here He says in Romans chapter 1 again, look at verse number 15. He says, So as much as in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. Paul said, I am ready to give the gospel. Listen, you know, Christian, we ought to be always ready. I mean, like the Boy Scouts, they say, I'm always ready. We ought to be, as God's people, always ready to give the Word of God out. To hand out a tract, to give out a witness, we need to be ready because of what God has done for us and how He saved us. We ought to be willing and ready to share that good news with somebody else. What about your friends, your neighbors, your relatives? Do they know the gospel? Have you shared with them Jesus Christ? God help us, that's what we need to do. And Paul said, I am ready to preach the gospel. Verse number 16 is one of my favorite verses of the Bible. Matter of fact, um, sometimes I go to places and, and they have me sign their Bibles, you know. When I sign a Bible, I put Romans chapter 1, verse 16. And here's what it said. Paul said this as he writes, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Amen? I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Paul said, I'm not ashamed. I'm going to give out the gospel. Somebody said this, don't be ashamed of the gospel or you'll be ashamed to the gospel. Be a person that has an appreciation. Paul shows his appreciation for the gospel. And he's giving it out. He shows his application of the gospel because he goes in, goes on to say, it's to everyone that believeth. I'm not ashamed of the gospel because I can tell it to everybody, to every person. When I pastored in, in Ontario, our, our church there, and when I went there, church was running about 20 to 25 people. God blessed in so many ways and we were able to see uh, 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 buy a piece of property, build a building. On a Sunday morning, normal Sunday morning there, we would have about 200 people in the auditorium. And among those 200 people, there would be at least 20 different nationalities. I had to learn to preach very plain and clear. Because there were all kind of accents out there. And a lot of people, I mean, I had a group of people sitting over on the side in the back over here that were from Burma. They had, they had fled Burma and went to Thailand, were in refugee camps, and they got brought over, and uh, there they were in our church. And a lot of them couldn't, some of them couldn't understand English at all. And I would get up and preach very clear and plain. There's an older man there that spoke English, and when, when service was done and they went home, they would have lunch together, and then he would re-preach my sermon to them. And so I had, you know... Here's the thing. When I got up to preach the gospel to them, I preached it like I would anywhere else. You know why? Because it's the same to every person. 
It's to everyone that believeth. It doesn't matter their background or language or how rich or how poor. The gospel is for everybody. I'm not ashamed of that. I'm glad of that. Paul gives his explanation of the gospel and he tells it and he said, For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. That's growing in faith as we live our Christian life. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. Paul gives his affirmation of the gospel. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ. In verses 16 and 17 here, we see that Paul really, he really sums up the message of the whole book in these two verses of Scripture when he says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. And tells us what the message is. It's the gospel. The law, he was saying, was not good enough to save. Your good works will not save you. It's only in Jesus Christ and what He did upon the cross when He shed His blood and died for us. I'm so glad that Friend, I don't have to come forward in an invitation and say, well, I want to get saved, but how much is it going to cost me? And the preacher say, well, here's what it's going to... Hey, I don't have to pay anything because it's free. It's free because Jesus paid it all. He already took care of it. And let me tell you something. Jesus' uh, uh, death upon the cross was enough. His blood was enough to take care of my sin and wash my sin away. I'm so glad of that. What a great message the gospel is. He died for us. We ought to live for Him. We ought to know that we're in debt. If you're here today and you've never been saved, hey, in this invitation this morning, you need to come forward and trust Christ as your Savior. Be born again today. Just like yesterday, I was with my brother on visitation in Salina. And we went to the house of a man that visited and trusted Christ at the sportsman's banquet. I went to his house yesterday and talking to the man and and he was sharing, you know, he had been saved, but he's sharing some of the problems that he was facing. And, and as my brother was talking to him, his girlfriend walked in the door. And he introduced his girlfriend and my brother just started talking to his girlfriend there and said, uh, well, I forget his name. He got saved. He said, what about you? Do you know? She goes, no, I don't. He said, if I could take a Bible and show you how that you could be saved and know you're going to heaven. Would you like to do that? And she said, yes, I would. Amen. Amen. He was able to take the Bible and simply show her from the Word of God how to be saved. Hey, folks, it's not hard. It's not hard. Jesus took care of it. All you have to do is accept Him. But what was he doing? What was my brother doing in sharing the gospel? He was taking care of that debt he owed. Amen. Amen? Sharing the gospel with somebody else. Hey, what Jesus did for us, what can we do for Him? Giving the gospel. I remember one time, some years ago, now I, I grew up in the Cleveland area, and usually, you know, we, back in the 70s, Cleveland was known, I don't know if you know this, you're too far away from Cleveland, maybe you don't know this, but Cleveland was known as the mistake on the lake. You know, I mean, that was the nickname. Some of you, do you remember that? Cleveland was a bad place, okay? And um, we in our church, I was, I was in my teenage years, and, and I had, of course, traveled with my dad. We'd worked in kids' programs and involved in that type of thing. There was a, there was a young man in the church that was a little bit older than me, and he came, his family came. He got saved as, as a young man, grew up in the church also, and, and uh, older than me. 
But he was raised kind of in that, in a, in a not so good part of town. Okay? And after he got saved and was in church for a number of years and, and he had taken some Bible Institute classes, he began to get burdened about that area. And so he decided he was going to go down there and start, start a Bible study at least and see the prospects of starting a church in the bad area of Cleveland. And so he, we knew each other. And he knew that I worked with kids. And so he came up to me and he said, Hey, listen, he said, I want to go down there. And he said, uh, I want to go to this area. And I knew it was a bad area. And he said, I want you to go with me. And we're going to have a children's program beside the uh, community center there. There's a great big tree. And I want to get under that tree so it's out in the open where everybody can see us. And put on a children's program and give these kids the gospel. I said, Okay, I'll go with you. He's like, great, great. So as soon as he left, I started looking for somebody else to go with me. You know what I mean? I didn't want to go by myself. So I got another guy in the church. He, he, he could do one of these ventriloquist, you know, dummies. He was kind of the dummy too. But anyhow, I got him to go, you go with us. He goes, okay, you know. So, so we go down there and we get out under this tree. And I'm telling you, it was during the day, of course. And... Uh, it was a pretty scary area, I'll tell you, honestly. I mean, I, I was looking around. We're looking around all the time. And so we had the kids, and, and the kids came out. It started spreading around that we were there, and a lot of kids came out, and they were sitting under the tree there. And we started, we were, I don't remember, putting on a puppet show, singing some songs. We were doing this, doing that. I had part of the program. I had my buddy, he had part of it. At the end, the man that was trying to start the church, he was going to preach at the end and, and give the invitation. Well, I noticed when we got up there and we were setting up and we were getting started, I looked down and down this walkway, uh, this, uh, this community center was a long building and down like the other end was an outside basketball court. And there were a bunch of guys there playing basketball. They were not dressed in business suits, let me tell you. Bandanas and tattoos and, I mean, rough-looking characters. And they're outside there playing basketball, and they were big. I mean, they would go down to one and pass it to a guy, and he'd slam it. And then they'd go down the other end, they'd pass it to another guy, and he'd slam it. And I mean, these guys, and you know, they're rippling muscles and standing out there. And I, I'm standing there like, whoa, you know. And I'm thinking, well, they're way down there. I don't think, they're not disturbing us. We're not disturbing them. I just make sure that they stay down there. We stay here, you know, and... And uh, uh, this was even before cell phones, so I couldn't call 911 real quick, but I could scream loud. So anyhow, um, I was just watching during the program. I'm just watching. I, you know, them stay down there. We want to. But I know you, know, you know how the devil always does. When you come right down to the invitation, the devil wants to try to mess things up. And I'm just, you know, the preacher gets up there. He's giving these kids the gospel. He's getting ready for the invitation. And, and you know, he's, he just gets up there and here comes a guy. Walking down that thing. I mean, he was big. He was muscular. Had a basketball under his arm. He's walking sweat all bandana. You know, you can tell the look. He's walking down there and I thought, Oh, Lord, please help him not to disturb. I could just see, you know, if maybe one of those kids was his kid. And, you know, just right in the middle, just walk up and say, Come on, we're going home and disturb the whole thing. I'm just like, Lord, I don't want this to happen. Please, you know, I'm standing there praying. He walks, he walks down and kind of walks beside me. He goes up beside the tree and just leans up against the tree with that basketball under his arm. Well, the kids were all in front of him looking at the preacher and the preacher's up there. 
And he just stood there leaning up against the iron looking like, you know. And so I stood there watching him. Like, what's he going to do? Pretty soon he started listening. The preacher was preaching. He was listening. I said, wow, this is impressive. He's, he's just hearing the gospel. Good. This is great. And as I stood there and looked at him, the Holy Spirit of God touched on my heart and said, you need to go talk to him. I said, Holy Spirit, do you see how big he is? <laughs> I, you know, I just want to make sure he doesn't bother anything. I mean, you know, the Holy Spirit said, you big chicken. You get over there and talk to that guy. I'm going, Lord, please, no, not me. Maybe somebody else could talk to him. I don't want to go talk to him. I tell you, I was fighting it. You know, the flesh. The Holy Spirit wouldn't let me go. He said, you go over and you talk to that guy. It's like the Lord was pushing me. I just walked over to him and I said, did you hear what the preacher said? And he said, yeah, I did. I said, uh, do you know where you're going to spend eternity? He said, I sure don't. I said, would you like to know that you're going to go to heaven? He said, I sure would. I said, come with me. Let me show you the Bible. I took the Bible and led that man to Jesus Christ. He bowed his head like a little child and prayed and said, Lord, forgive me of my sin and be my Savior. My friend, it doesn't matter what they look like on the outside. We owe them a debt to give the gospel that they might be saved. Let's stand to our feet with our heads bowed and eyes closed in prayer. Everyone standing, heads bowed and eyes closed. Let me ask you this morning, do you know Jesus Christ as your own personal Lord and Savior? If you've never been saved, listen, would you trust Him today? Would you be born again today? Christian, what about you? Are you paying your, de your debt? Your debt that you owe to give the gospel to someone else that needs to hear. Somebody needs to hear. Would you reach them with the gospel? Let's pray. Lord, I pray today that you bless this invitation.